0: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go
1: to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 757. Fun Comfortable Tour continues this coming weekend. Uh, That would be the 13th and 14th of November. I'll be in Kansas City, Missouri, and Phoenix on the 14th. So Kansas City Friday, Phoenix the 14th, with April Richardson. We'll be coming and doing uh, Fun Comfortable Goodness then. And uh, then a couple handful of dates in January. And then the special tapes. Kind of excited to be done with that material because I'm already writing material for the next special and the next tour. So uh, I'm excited. Things are fun you guys. Things are just fun. Also fun from the Nerdist community corkboard. This is from which is events at nerdist.com. Here's from a listener who didn't write their name on Sunday, November 22nd between 1:30 and 5, the 19th annual Bowlathon. Oh, I like it. Will be held in the pottery studio at the Creative Arts Workshop. 80 Audubon Street in New Haven to support the work of the community soup kitchen. Local artisans have generously donated handmade bowls, which can be acquired for a modest donation. Mugs and other items will be helpful. Hot soup will be served. Celebrate the change of the seasons while helping New Haven's hungry. Also, Nerdist listeners should consider volunteering a day in a local soup kitchen. And um, they're saying they promise that it will change you. I'm 100% positive that that is the case. Because uh, when you contribute to other people, uh, you feel good. You were rewarded because you were contributing to other people outside of yourself. Uh, This is a very positive thing. It says New Haven. I think it's Connecticut. It doesn't say. But uh, if you live in a New Haven, just look it up. Uh, I I guess Audubon Street would be the other giveaway. There's an Audubon Street in your New Haven. Good for you. Uh, Next one, DJ Walker writes, Chris is always inspiring us to get out there and create something. True. Uh, I mean, I try. I don't know if I'm inspiring you, but I certainly talk about it a lot. Uh, I figured since I just turned 51 all right DJ I might be it uh, might be time to finally fulfill a lifelong goal and self publish a book good for you man uh, my first effort is the very accurately titled a short book of poems you can find it on Amazon Barnes and Noble, and Word Smash you know I said good for you man I don't know if DJ is a dude or a lady DJ could be DJ Tanner huh good for you 51 year old dude or lady it is never too late to start pursuing your thing I'm very proud of you. Um, this episode of the podcast is Stephen Moyer, who you may know from True Blood, but also he is now in a show called The Bastard Executioner, it's Tuesdays at 10pm on FX, uh, that's Kurt Sutter's new show, and, uh, yeah, Stephen Moyer was awesome. I mean, I, I guess it's probably silly for me to tell you that he was awesome when you were about to listen to this podcast and you were going to find that out for yourself. So, on the one hand, I retract it, but I don't retract it, on the other hand, because... It's still true. Here's Nerdist Podcast number 757 with Stephen Moyer.
0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Because that's where they moved the Doctor Who Museum to. That's exactly where it is. Yeah, it used to be in uh, like West Kensington or something. And then they they moved it to... And I went to it there. Uh, And then they... uh, It was really amazing because they... I don't know. They gave me a private tour of it, which I thought would be rad. Until I got into the TARDIS control room, which was clearly an event designed for 50 people. And she still had to stand there and, and go... Will anyone here save us from this threat? Like, because other people are supposed to come in and reach in and move all the TARDIS. So
0: I had to walk around by my. It was so sad. It just felt like this sad little boy. Also, did you? I mean, did you watch? Did you watch Young? Doctor Who. Have you seen it from like, or are you are you well, you know in America we got the Tom we got Tom Baker. Okay, and so it wasn't until
1: years later and in the internet and and everything where I was able to go back go and back see. And, wa- and watch some. And people always say like, where sh- if I'm starting, where should I start? And I go, you know, maybe start with uh, maybe start in 2005 because the bit. older ones are a little bit. Well, slower. What
0: the reason I ask is because the Tardis was, like, made of cardboard right. back
1: in the day. <laughs>
0: and uh here's a little bit of trivia, which I'm sure you know, because you know shit like this. But, um you know, Gotham. Yeah. You know that Sean Pertwee, who plays Alfred. His father was John. John Pertwee. Yes. And if you really want to watch something kind of bizarre, because he was my first Doctor Who. Sure. John, John Pertwee. And then... And then second up is is he did this show called Wurzel Gummage. Uh-huh. And if you want to freak it, you should YouTube that shit because that is bananas. Really? Yeah. How do you? How it's do you... about a, it's a, Wurzel Gummage is about a scarecrow who comes to life. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Sorry, and it's just, it's amazing.
1: And and kind of scary actually. I wonder if it's like our version of the, your version of HR Puff and stuff. There we had these Sid and Marty Croft cartoons, uh, not yeah. cartoons, live action shows in the sixties and seventies, and it was these. It was like a fucking drug trip, yeah, of weird animal creatures.
0: Well, it's it, it's it's really hard to describe it, but. But he would, he would, he would. He kind of had all these things going on, and he used to speak like this a little bit, <laughs> and then. And do you guys watch Sherlock? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So in Sherlock, Mrs. Higgins. What's the What's the the lady who 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 who's the? Uh, She's their landlady. kind Yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, what's her name? Is it Higgins? She is played by a lady called y- Una Stubbs. Mm-hmm. Right and. Una Stubbs played this character called Aunt Polly, I think it was Aunt Polly, who is a china doll who only comes to life when Wurzel Gummidge <laughs> sees her. I am definitely
1: going to watch this yeah, show. Yeah, and that was Una Stubbs. And that and you said Sean was was the... Sean's dad. Oh, John was in that. John yes. was was Wurzel Gummidge. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know the people who had I mean, the, the, the idea is your favorite doctor is usually the one that you saw when you were a kid. Yeah. So I know, did
0: like Tom Baker.
1: A lot of a lot of people like Tom. You know, he he was the iconic one that we had over here. And yeah. And you know, it wasn't until. I don't know, I guess maybe 15 years ago. Have
0: you seen like the Chris Eccleston Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Eccleston and Tennant and Matt and, and Capaldi right now is amazing. Capaldi, yeah. and, uh, I love... like
0: Smithy a lot. I Smith, Smith is great. So They're great. all great. They're all great. They They're all... all their own thing, aren't they? They are all
1: their own thing. And yeah. that's what's so... They each bring a different side. Yeah. What a brilliant idea to... We can keep have, you seen, going forever.
0: have you seen Capaldi do... Uh, did you see The Thick of It?
1: I saw pieces of The oh Thick of It. And that he was... in that is <laughs> unbelievable. I told him one of my favorite things I've ever heard on a show was the first episode of The Thick of It when he goes, uh, that one over like a marzipan dildo. Yeah. Marzipan dildo? Yeah. What an amazing... What an amazing that's Armando, chunk of dialogue. That's Armando. That's yeah, Armando. Nucci. And Nucci, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... And also amazing that he could go from that to playing what is ostensibly a younger person show in Britain here. It's everyone watches it, but, uh, But in the early day, when, when America first started getting big into Dr. Who and I would meet British people like, Oh, I love Dr. Who. That's a kid's show. You know,
0: like they would get, but everyone's got Well, Russell changed that around, you know, Russell, Russell Davis just completely reinvented what it, what it was and what it could be. And because it was being written by somebody who's as brilliant as him, you know it, it had all of the historic idea yeah but it was you know russell's a brilliant writer so it was also kind of within a sort of modern scape as well and because it's harking back to a life that we all know from when we were kids yeah. it's suddenly completely accessible to grown-ups as well sure
1: and also because there's a lot of tv shows there's a lot of film and tv shows that needed to wait until the last 15 years to be made simply because of the special effects yeah they just weren't it just wasn't plausible in this in the 70s doctor who was like black box theater and rubber do you mats. know i
0: was still scared of it though i was utterly terrified <laughs> you <laughs> ask <laughs> any kid from the time and would be ha- so ha- hiding behind bloody pillows <laughs> and it's so hilarious that you're scared of a dalek that can't go upstairs yeah but <laughs> all you need to do is go upstairs yeah and you're free well, yeah, and then, you know, in general, genius, isn't it? in
1: general, you can outrun a zombie. I mean, depending yeah. on who's writing the zombie lore, but in general. You can't un- outrun hot zombies at Halloween, though. No, no, they will chase you down. Isn't hot, the idea of a
0: hot zombie just hilarious?
1: I mean, it is pretty amazing that Halloween equals let's make everything fuckable. Yeah, yeah no, everything. I, I was
0: talking about this last week. You know, it's like this, this, this moment where your kid goes from being cute Minnie mouse to stripper Minnie mouse you know. <laughs> and and it happens way too early
1: <laughs> i'll take a lap dance no you won't <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> so you're gonna take the tree that's missing is this just one like weird adult disney they can make it even that creepier. would be awesome
0: it would be awesome oh did, did you hear about dismal land no. You, you didn't hear about Dismaland? No. Are you kidding me? Oh, wait. Is Banksy's this... Banksy's thing? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, oh, Banksy's, yeah. I, God, it was... For some reason, I didn't know that's so, what... Did you see it? I was there. Yeah, I went. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh, it was amazing? It was amazing.
1: It was amazing. G- Who's Banksy? Is it a dude or a bunch of dudes or you a bunch of ladies? Or... If you
0: really want to know, you can find out in about 17 seconds. Was, I just I, Depending I, I... on how quick your fingers are, <laughs> as it were. But is it to be believed? Well, I, I think... I think. I don't want to know, though. I don't to I know exactly who it is, but I don't want to. Oh, you don't more. want to. I don't know. want to go down that rabbit hole because I want to just think that it just happens.
1: It's sort of the magic of it. Yeah. It's like the
0: magic of it is what makes it special
1: yeah. and what makes it interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh... Have we started, by the way? Oh, yeah. We started <laughs> ages ago.
0: it's
1: <laughs> you know, great. I'm so. All the stuff that I loved when I was growing up. And this is sort of the the overtaking of nerd culture into the supposition of pop culture being taken over by nerd culture discuss (laughs) but you know when you when i i remember when true blood came out and i was like you know when essentially our serialized programming is about vampires and witches and you know and this is this is our normal serialized Mm. programming then it we our culture has won you know
0: i do feel like that you know, obviously, it, it's we can't pretend that Buffy never happened. But I think that I think that Buffy was always slightly on the outskirts, if yeah. you like. Uh, of it of, was very, it was niche. It was it very was niche of 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 the mainstream. Yeah, and 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 yet when uh, True Blood came along, it kind of was completely mainstream. Yeah, and, and Alan created this thing that that normal people who would never have watched a genre show were. were well, what the, they, they would watch. Income. This is Matt Myra. He's on the podcast. I just hey, you. Matt. You, you know,
1: guys, Matt. We just started a little bit early. Matt actually got out. here exactly on uh, time. Matt's on time. Matt Myra. We, we we don't have to talk about it too much. This guy just got back from his honeymoon. I did. Matt. Yeah, yeah. it was lovely. You, you got a wedding ring. I haven't got a ring adorable. and everything. Ring. You got a ring. Got you don't it. have a ring. Mine's yeah. coming next year. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's boy. right. It happens. It does happen. But I, we were just talking. I was talking about True Blood, and one of my one of the things that always made me feel like complete like oh this is comic-con was getting into the elevators at the hilton Bayfront and seeing wall-to-wall true blood uh th- 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 those 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 uh, huge overlays and
0: i love that that one of anna where the bite was the was the button to press yes remember that yes oh, yeah. it, the, the the bite on her neck was the button to press to, p- to get the elevator to go up so wonderful there was some really cool stuff you know that show i loved that show
1: because it was so it I, I feel like that show went through so many different journeys,
0: yeah, we didn't exactly jump the shark, we sort of jumped the ocean <laughs> which. Uh- <laughs> I, I, uh <laughs> Which, and and
1: and at the time when you're going through it you surprisingly didn't jump a group of people who turned into sharks <laughs> yes I was surprised yes. the shark, where were the were sharks where were the were sharks <laughs> where were the were sharks yeah <laughs> you know I've said this before I'm sure they must have thought about it <laughs> I've, said, I've said this before because manganello has been on and Kristen Bauer's been on uh-huh. and a lot, a lot of people have been on who were on the show And Sam the Tram Sam's been on the show mm-hmm. and uh, I still one of my favorite things of all time was how they built up an entire season to Jason Stackhouse being turned into a Weir Panther, yep. and then all of a sudden one episode they're like, "Oh, don't work that way," and then it's never spoken of again. Yeah, it's never, never addressed again. Yeah, but it, it but I love that you know, in the first couple episodes, <laughs> the the hocus pocus is very minimal. Yeah, it's just more of this like this is an allegory about about um, race
0: racism and sexuality, sexuality. anything yeah. that you wanted to bring to the party, and I and I and I think that. I honestly think that Alan was having so much fun. The writers were having so much fun. Was he having room. a ball? Sorry. He was. That <laughs> sorry. was oh, sorry. oh my oh, god! Sorry, that was great. <laughs> um, that I that, that I think all the writers were just like, let's try this, let's try that, let's throw this. Absolutely, against the, you know, and, and and it just when you're kind of experiencing it, and those scripts are coming in. You're just going, Oh great, this makes sense. And yeah. and, and, and then you look back, you know, and, and I remember reading episode twelve of season five, you know. And I think everybody had the same reaction. You know, Bill drinks the blood of Lilith and then and then literally goes into a pool of blood yeah. and then comes back as Billeth. Right. And uh and it was it was Macmillan who Mike, Michael who 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 uh, who phrased Billeth before it even you know, before it even come out, and um, and you're just like, okay, I got to make this work now. And I was directing this the the first episode of season six, dressed as Bella, you know, just behind the camera, blood tampon, and, and running, walking could around just on say set, directing. Well, no, it wasn't just a tampon because a tampon. Is white, yeah, <laughs> yes. and it's made That's of cotton true. wool. That's and true. Bill is, <laughs> is not; it's made of cotton, but yeah, it's made of cotton, but red cotton. Yeah, because that was definitely because the
1: cliffhanger on that was like, well, how the fuck is Bill coming back from? Okay, all right, but then Bill,
0: then all of a sudden, it's okay. Like, you like, well, you know, it was one of those things I think where the writers were trying to just steer it back to some kind of sense of yeah of normality. <laughs> what I, I use, I, I should have gone like that, mm-hmm. but um. If you have a character who is completely indestructible with no kryptonite, you're fucked you right. know and so there has to be some sense of the kryptonite of of the world of whatever our world is and if he's completely indestructible you're screwed aren't you
1: yeah i was i I was friends with one of the girls who was one of the blood sirens or whatever they were. yeah she was like oh yeah we gotta put on these crazy merkins you yeah. know to do
0: these to do these scenes yeah.
1: they're just like strapping on the merkins and yeah. walking around in blood yeah. there
0: were more merkins in our trailer <laughs> there's was, there was just rows of them it was, it was unbelievable and the and 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 bridget um, amazing makeup head of head of makeup who was also um on buffy for eight years oh awesome um you know they had to they had to create them with hair you know they'd create merkins and mm-hmm. and sew them and like, like as if as if you know like the hair makers or wig makers sure. or beard makers you know they were merkin makers what a
1: fun i mean. As a job, though, what a
0: fun... I'm sure the hours were insane, but what a fun job to have just to go in and... It was the most fun I think anybody had any right to have. And even when the show kind of... We weren't sure what it was or whether we felt like it was slightly going off-center off off, off center or derailing in, in some way, there was... You go and watch that show and it is fun. It's fun. It's never not fun. Yeah. And, and I, I really sort of take that with me now when I think back and... It, people used to come onto our set and I'm sure Sam and Joe you may have said this but people used to come onto the set as guest artists and just go oh my god this is this is just hilarious we were, we had <laughs> it was a family of people laughing and doing good work and having the most awesome time all the time and it was the kind of gig that everybody wanted to be on that's fantastic
1: and is it so what are the what are the dynamics and the sort of relationship politics of being married to your co-star and then seeing each other at home and seeing each—I mean, you guys. I mean, they, Bill and Sookie, like they had they sort of uh, went around each other a lot. But is it, you know, like how do you divide up those two parts of your life and keep it
0: normal? I mean, I, I, I it, it's we met on the show, so right. so it, our normality was. Was you know having sex in front of seventy people, right? You know, <laughs> and not that we went to choose to go and do that on Hollywood Boulevard, but sure. but you know that that kind of intimacy that we shared in with with, with our gang, our family was incredibly normal, you know. So. When we went home, I mean, I've said this before, but when, I, when, I, when we went home and we were in the privacy of our own home, we kind of missed them, you know. Oh, <laughs> I am joking. Sorry, babe. Sorry. I know I've used that gag before. I'm sorry. It's all right. Listen, A-list
1: gags work. If they work,
0: they work. It's like a stand-up comedian who works for five years to getting 20 minutes and then finally goes on television and then they can never use any of their material again. Ah, well, there's a trick to that don't go on television (laughs) (laughs) well you can use
1: you can do some of the same you know media is so splintered now you can do some of the same jokes on other people's shows but if you once you shoot your hour special then you can't do those anymore it's the second album that 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 gobbles up it's the second album the second novel yeah i mean i feel like musicians have it so much easier and you know the trade-off is when a musician tours, they have to tour with a whole band and a setup and teams of people and trucks full of stuff. A comedian can just walk on stage. The the trade-off is that once a musician writes a good song, they can fucking play that song forever. Yeah. And when a comedian That's writes a true. good joke, you can't yeah, keep it. doing the joke. You can't keep doing the
0: joke over and over again. So. Do the joke! <laughs> Rarely does that happen. <laughs> no. there's the, it there's... does have your Monty Python. Monty Python get to do the same things a lot. Of course. Of course. Because
1: right. that's such a... You know, to see the parrot sketch or to see, you yeah. know, Spam Spam, Eggs ba- Yeah, To see that stuff over and over again, it's... It's amazing to see them do it live, but with, with like a joke, with like stand-up jokes, it's, no, it's people. Tough. People have not a lot of patience for. I already saw that. Why yeah. am I paying for this? Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. Pretend it's a song. Where were you when you heard it the first time? Have you ever done? You know, have you ever? You guys have probably seen sitcoms being shot. The very oh, first. Yeah. The very first TV I ever did was was I did two years on a sitcom, in, in England, and. Uh, and sometimes a gag won't work you know or for 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 whatever reason the camera didn't make it across at the right time and and you you have to do the line again <laughs> and and You've got somebody out front going, Okay, now you're gonna laugh <laughs> as this was the first time you've seen it. And seven times later you've got this audience going, Ha, ha, <laughs> with these deadpan faces, you know. You're just saying to the producers, can we
1: use the laugh from the first time yeah. over the
0: shot? And that's at exactly words? what yeah, they do. Of course. Or they just open the can, you know, <laughs> I always I always literal this, can. <laughs> I would say this to
1: British television actors that I feel like you know you, that you never like. Do you ever feel like you have job security on British television? Because they will just do
0: something for six episodes and then it, and then go. Well, that's it. I, I think it's a good question. I and I, I'd be interested to know what they say to you because I think that one of the one of the differences is at home is we, however far we get in our career, we absolutely never believe we're ever going to work again. Mm-hmm. And that is not something that I've come across in, in in American actors. There's this sort of confidence about them that, you know, we've as soon as you're done, we think it's done, and <laughs> and there's you, you know, it's it, it's like going back to square one. Right. I still believe it. I still have that sense, and and I think it's one of the reasons that that English actors. I think it's one of the reasons that directors like working with English actors because they're so fucking happy to be there. Sure. Because it's like their first job. Sure. Every
1: time. Or, or <laughs> it's why you see people like Michael Caine occasionally take a weird role. You're like, why did he do that? And then he's like, oh, well, I'm I afraid. I got offered it. Yeah, yeah, I got offered it. I mean, I get offered work. What if I don't get offered work anymore? Yeah, Mark,
0: Michael Parkinson famously said to Michael Caine, you know, there's the, there's, the, there's the good films, then there's the bad films, and then there's the swarm, <laughs> which is heinous. And he said my wife wanted a swimming pool that year. <laughs> there you go. And there you go. What do I mean that's the answer? I think American performers feel
1: that too. I just think that we're more full of shit. I don't know. I feel like there's more of You sounded a... like Ron Burgundy then. <laughs> Stay classy. I think it's I think it is a false you know I don't know I think there is a little bit of a, a false, false bravado a, un- a, a, a what are you talking
0: about
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean some of the time maybe <laughs> I don't know what are we talking about here I don't know, all I know is we're great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know everything's perfect here all You the think time. we're great, right? Yeah, we're all the time. It's great, all the time. Right? I actually, I don't care whether you think we're great. <laughs> yeah, do. yeah, yeah, we it doesn't I matter, mean, we you are. You know I don't care that you think I'm great, right? Yeah. Did you hear that I said You I have care? no sense that <laughs> I'm right, not right, great, right? right, You don't care? Did, yeah. we, did, did, did you care? Did I not care? <laughs> yeah, it is. We're all terrified all the time. I mean, it's always, you know, you, I think you just don't. Maybe you're better at hiding it than we are. I don't know. I think we're maybe we're good at distracting ourselves, or I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure.
0: All, all I know is that like, it's great since we we started with about two people in the room, and about every seven minutes somebody else comes in.
1: <laughs> well, that, that, that'll be the comedy American. of this is that <laughs> one at a time. Like pretty soon, there's going to be 30 people yeah.
0: here. It'd be like the the sketch of getting into the the mini the mini clubman, and you know.
1: then you and I will have to make love in front of them again. <laughs> I mean, uh, there were only two people here the last time, but you know that's why it's so interesting to see. Uh, and why, you know, your career has been so interesting? Is it because jumping to a show like *Bastard Executioner*, which is much more—I mean, that's that's <laughs> much more intense. Yes, I mean *True Blood* had its intensity, of yeah, course. Yeah. But this is a very, this is a very intense, you know. I,
0: and I would say, loosely based on the Welsh Rebellion, would you say? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's, when Kurt started creating this thing. He he was completely. Working within an English context, and they went on location scouts. Um, there are more castles per square mile in Wales than there is anywhere else in the world, and so there was there were sort of tax breaks and advantages to doing it in Wales. They Kurt and Paris Barclay were, were touring around Wales, looking at all these castles, and then which made Kurt then go away and start looking up the history, and he just went, "Let's make it in Wales. Let's make it about." the Welsh rebellion and, and, and because there is this, you know, there is a, there is a roughness between England and Wales and England and Scotland and England and Ireland, which you, and England and Australia and England and New Zealand huh? and England and anywhere <laughs> that, that is, has to be seen to be believed. You know, I, I, I segue here, but I was in, um, I was in Australia doing something like 10 years ago. And I went to the Ashes. Do you know what the Ashes are? No. Uh, since like the 1850s, Australia have been playing England at cricket every two years. And it's in Australia one year. And then, you know, two years later, it's in England. And it, it goes across and it's called the Ashes. And it's a five match series. And it's massive in our culture. And so I went to see the first day of the Ashes thinking that, all my friends, the Australians who I love, you know, <laughs> they hate us more than I have ever seen anybody hate anything until I was in Wales. <laughs> and, and I love the Welsh. They hate us. You know, And it's like it, it's a really interesting thing. It's like if England get knocked out of the Rugby World Cup, as they just did, uh-huh. my my diversion will go to Wales because Wales are still in it. Scotland is still in it. So let's support them the welsh or the scots or the australians or the new zealanders will support anybody <laughs> rather it doesn't sound reciprocal at all i a friend of mine i was i was doing a i was doing a tv show in in scotland during the i think it's i think it was the 98 world cup football now soccer and england were playing argentina and it was the semi-final or the quarter-final i think it was semi and i get taken into this pub that night by a scottish friend and he's got his coat done up oh you know? no and I walk in, I'm the only English, I know I'm going to be the only English guy there. Every single person in the pub, including the barman, including the security, all had Argentina tops. Oh. Everybody, <laughs> Shit. everybody, the whole of Scotland basically turns out and, you know. You can get fucking murdered. Yeah. Like it's intense. Ifans once, I, I did a job with Rhys 25 years ago and he once took me to this pub in Carnarvon and he said, this is a Welsh heartland pub you're not going to speak at all me. <laughs> Don't even open your you're mouth. You're mute, you're mute. So I just got splattered at the bar and I was like his mute friend. And I just got being given beer. Keep quiet. Can you fake the Welsh accent? I've got better at it and I really, I really don't want to do it now. No, you don't have to do it now. I, um, one of the worst auditions I ever did was doing Welsh and, and uh, with a director that I absolutely adored who said, you can do well, you can do anything. Come and do, you know, this thing. And uh, uh, give me something to read. Uh, here, what are give you, me something to read.
1: Re- we have anything. no written words. Anything. <laughs> anything. Everyone's rifling quick, for their... Quick, a book.
0: Okay, yeah. this is... Uh, you're your, reading from Felicia Day's book. You're never you're weird never on the internet. internet. Okay, so... All right, so boy, oh, what? what. <laughs> this is going to be so bad. Okay, uh, so I just got to, I just got to get myself into it. All right, boy, all right. Uh, nothing got friendly. I was <laughs> <It's> terrible already. <laughs> I can't even do my my impression badly because I've been away for like two days and I've lost it. And all my Welsh friends were going, actually, it's getting better. You know, your Welsh is getting better. You've got to think of a word to get you into it. All right. think of Matthew Reese. All right, nothing got friendlier between us after that. But he showed us me like an MMA fighter again, and I never. And it goes within <laughs> a within about seventeen words. It is Gandhi, and 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 I was sitting in this audition, sweating bullets like like a racehorse, and 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 Carl was going, "Go on, you can do it, you can do it." And I and I and I did my line. And, and I literally got to about the se- seventh word And had turned into an, an, you know, an Indian rickshaw driver and, and I just went Thank you <laughs> And I got up and I walked out It's the shortest and worst audition I've ever had
1: Did you talk to the director afterwards? Like, he was like, come back and have another go I was like,
0: no, you're good Try it again, with right. less vowels this time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was awful And, uh, and I, if, I, if I spend anywhere for any time I can usually get an accent the, the hardest one is Geordie Newcastle, and um, I was working this, doing this gig in, in Newcastle, and, uh, and I'd said to this guy, Gavin Kitchen, who is a wonderful, lovely, lovely actor, and I said to him, "How can I get the Geordie accent? It's really, really tough and it's notoriously the toughest in, in the English dialect. And um, he said, "I'll teach you a phrase that my nan." you know said when i was last home with her this is something that she said to me and it goes like this it was e, gavin i was stuck in that doctor's surgery for three hours and they didn't even think they'd give us a cup of tea i was spitting feathers
1: <laughs> there's it's so, it goes in
0: so many weird unpredictable places Big, and 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 there's that there, and so that the little phrase is e, i gavin e is like hey yeah uh, gavin um I was stuck in the doctor's surgery for three hours, mm-hmm. and they didn't even think to give us a cup of tea. <laughs> I was spitting feathers, right? Angry. I was spitting feathers. Yeah, like, oh, pfft, pfft, pfft. I'm so, my mouth's so dry from shouting, that I'm spitting feathers. Well, maybe, maybe it was literal, and that's why she was in surgery. They were trying to yeah, figure That's out. right. They were trying to work out why
1: all the feathers were in Yeah, she swallowed a goose. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is
0: something that... <laughs> oh, well, that's an interesting thing. I never thought of that. <laughs> never even had a cup of tea to wash it down. But I worked out that the way to get into Geordie right is and and you can sort of do it it's kind of got this like weird sort of thing like that and i'm i'm not pretending i'm great at it but i it's i'm not bad at it is you just say winona rider <laughs> <laughs> and and it gets you there winona
1: rider winona rider winona rider there you go you're a winona rider i would just say i that have that not the
0: found the actress that helps me get into the welsh dialect yet
1: ah uh... Oh, fuck, I don't know.
0: That's... Raquel Well? No? no. That was genius. That was genius. <laughs> can somebody open the can for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> applause. I'll take it.
1: I mean, it's, it's strange to when the dialect is different, the colloquialism, when you're trying to learn the colloquialisms in addition to... sussing out what the even the the sounds are yeah
0: especially but but it's like anything when you actually go to the place and actually spend some time in that environment it just starts coming in the end you know you have to it's like if you're learning a language the best way to learn a language is to go and sit in that place isn't it yeah and and i'm a bit of a parrot i kind of I, i i and i don't mean to do it but i end up sort of sounding like the people. It's completely patronizing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of your, you know, that's your mutant power as a performer. you got to go in and assimilate. Well, yeah, you do. And then hopefully you get to a point where you're just not even recognized. You yeah. Know? I mean, in any way, you're just part of the fabric of the place. I remember, I, remember, I don't know, maybe
1: like 97, 96, 97, I went to the Fringe Festival. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It Edinburgh? was amazing. And, uh, but, you know, I went to see a Scottish, Scottish comic And not only did I not really understand what he was saying, I didn't understand any of the. I mean, it it was just he. It it was so fast moving, and it was like, "What are the Flatlanders?" That oh, yeah, goat huggers, and everyone went crazy. And I'm like, "What is a goat hugger?" I don't know who's a Flatland. (laughs) Like, I didn't understand the words or the references or what any of the. And I felt so. You know, I think because we assume we speak a semblance of a similar language, Mm -hmm. we all. Communicate together all the time. It's like no, 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 no. I, I at that moment, I was like, oh, I'm incredibly foreign. Yeah, and I really don't understand
0: what's happening. That it's a great, it's a great language, though, isn't it? It's I, wonder it I wonder if it was Ed Burn. I wonder if it was Ed Burn. I don't saw. know. That was pretty good, by the
1: way. No, I don't know. It was mid to late '90s.
0: 96, 97. Yeah, there's a great comic called Ed Byrne who's quite. He's actually become slightly. To make himself sort of understood, there's a slightly like. You know, he's become a little bit softer over the years. (laughs) That's a little bit nicer now, you know. Who did I see? I saw Daniel. um, Daniel Kitson.
1: Kitson. Kitson. I was going to say Daniel Kitson. I saw Daniel Kitson, I think, in a very. If I'm remembering correctly, in a really small little tiny theater. He's a genius. He was brilliant. He did an entire – I think this was Kitson. He did an entire set while he was eating biscuits with tea. And then as soon as he finished the biscuits, he, I think he walked off stage. Yeah. Like it was just his sole yeah. set was the amount of time it took for him to get to the biscuits and the tea.
0: I, I – back in the – back like 25 years ago, I used to go to this place called the Canal Cafe Theater. And uh, it was hosted by a comic called John Maloney who became a friend of mine. And people used to go and try stuff out there. And um, so Joe Brand, who, who who started getting on, I don't know if you've seen that on HBO, great show. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, she, she started there. Well, no, didn't start there, but they would do tryouts. And I saw Eddie Izzard there before Eddie had become his thing. And he was just a sort of, he was just a kind of normal stand-up at one point. There wasn't that kind of surrealistic thing. But because we were in this uh, club where anything flew that was with like 60 people in the audience i i i think it was that he came on with like a with a fire extinguisher <laughs> <laughs> or he saw a fire extinguisher and he just read the instructions on the fire extinguisher and it is one of the pieces of genius that you you know that one one sort of associates with him where one idea of of one instruction on the on the thing sort of started a whole 20 minutes of I wonder if that means that if you went to, so, you know, and it just, and it just flew. And, and seeing that genesis of him becoming who he was yeah. was just extraordinary because he didn't start that way. But and finding- people, would, people would come to that club and fail, but it was a really warm crowd. So they'd kind of come, come back the following week and try something else. And because of the, the 60 people who wanted it to work... it it sort of would become where everybody's like generously kind of lifting them. Well, it's all
1: that, you know, it all, it all depends on the deal that you make with the audience. If the audience understands the deal, if they understand this is an experimental place, they're going to be cooler about (laughs) trying stuff. If you go to a regular club and people are having to buy two drink minimums and they're, you know, they expect, they expect solid written jokes or they don't, they get very, it's, it's sort of like, you know, they're, they're customers at a department store and you better have the thing they're looking for. Or yeah. You're going to fucking hear about it. Yeah. But it's so great to watch, to be around comedy long enough to see when someone finds their thing and like, oh my God, I saw that. Yeah, happen. That,
0: that, that feeling of, yeah. Because it is, it is a relationship that's like, Have you ever seen a guy called Boothby Graffo? No. Boothby came on with a, a, a an alarm clock one day <laughs> and, and just put the alarm clock on and said, right, you've got 10 minutes. And he said, you know, the inside of a, an alarm clock. He'd, and he'd never done this before. It was just like, he talked about the inner workings of the alarm clock. And as soon as the alarm went off, he walked off. And it was brilliant. <sighs> That's fantastic. It was <laughs> so funny and, and just brilliantly inventive. And yeah, I love that. I, I, I'm, I'm so in awe of that, the balls to go and do something like that, you know. Just but you try. could. John Maloney used to do this thing with the A to Z. Which is, you know, it was the how to get around London, mm-hmm. and he'd 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 open it up and pick a road, and go right. How are we how are we going to get to this road then from where we are now? It goes. Uh, in, I have to go to page sixty four now. Hang on a minute. And he built this whole thing around. And every week he would do. Where should we go this week? Oh, that's fantastic! It's just brilliant. And he'd talk about things that happen on the road on the way there. You know.
1: It's harder to do that in more mainstream clubs, but that's why the smaller clubs are so special. Where yeah. you can experiment. I saw uh, I saw Mitch Hedberg once at Largo. His whole bit was that he had written a menu on spec, and so he brought <laughs> his spec menu on stage, and he just basically read a menu ju- uh, from top to bottom. Yeah. That, and it's just and it's genius. And you can't you can't bottle it. You don't know what it is. No, he probably but wouldn't be just, able to do that. There, there are you know maybe a handful of rooms where he could get. Well, by the time he got famous. He could do that because people knew what his, what yeah. it, what, what, he, what he was about. Yeah. But before that, there's only a handful of rooms where you can really do weird stuff like that, and, and people are on board. Otherwise, you lose them, and the people are like, "Why are you rings menu?" You know, like they don't. you know, like, "Fucking just go with it." Yeah. I mean, some audiences don't understand that if they just give ten percent, the reward is yeah enormous. Absolutely. You just got it. Did, did you do a lot of live theater stuff? Yeah. And what did is, I do it or did I go to it? No. Do you go? Do you do a lot of theater currently? I
0: I. I had about 18 years off and uh, and I did some a couple of years ago and I'm planning to do some again. What's your favorite part about it? What's your favorite part about doing live theater? None of it. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite bit of it. None of it. Uh, no, no. I, I, grew, I grew up doing theater and I absolutely, it was my, it was the thing that made me it, it, the most visceral kind of feeling that I've probably have ever had in my life was experiences on stage. And, and I, there is something about that heartbeat that, you know, the, when you're, when you're in the, in the moment of walking on and then your heartbeat slows down again and you realize that you're in the place that you're supposed to be. That's, that's a joyous moment. And there's a, there is also a moment as well where the fear and it's the same moment, but it's where the fear suddenly becomes instead of the camera looking at you you're looking back out again somehow yeah. and 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 you're not worried about the next whatever happens next it's a, it's a, it's an incredible feeling and, and and again difficult to bottle
1: sure because when you're doing television you got the safety net you know you can do it a bunch you have to do it a bunch yeah. a lot of the time well
0: i think often often when you when you're <clears throat> when you're in the middle of something and it goes in a different way to the way that you'd rehearsed it that will just by necessity inform what happens next and purely because you didn't it didn't go quite how you'd expected it to before it then changes what's coming after it and that that's hard to replicate on screen sure i am trying to figure out going back to the earlier accent talk if so
1: your english your wife is from new zealand she was born in canada and went to
0: new zealand when she was 4 when she was 4 so what accent do your kids have? Um, we don't let them speak. Really, <laughs> it's so much easier. They just pretend, to be, they just, yeah, you you just pretend to be dad at a Welsh yeah. bar. Just pretend to be dad at a Welsh bar. Yeah, <laughs> don't speak. We speak Say in for- other accents. Um, they, in, in fact, at the moment, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of English at the moment okay. because we've just spent six months, you know, in between England and Wales. Uh, and there's occasionally, you know, little bits of Kiwi come in. Just ekes in, just a little bit. Yeah, way. you know, it, it's it's it, it's it's going to be odd for them, because they, you know, they're they're American. Yeah, they're our anchor babies. You know, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 yeah, the, the only house. reason we had them was so that we could stay here in your beautiful country. Are they twins? They are. Yeah, so we got you, one each. You got one each. Yeah, you got you. <laughs> you're totally covered. Totally covered.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is. I'm sure that they will. Be influenced by whatever their peer group is. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's plus that weird twin language. That, yeah, yeah. No one else can understand it. But that yeah. doesn't. That's just more of like a <laughs> like. There's it's just it's mostly nonverbal.
0: Those those videos of those of, of those kids doing that, those twins doing that, is like something from like some Stephen King novel, yeah. isn't it? It is creepy. It's, I guess it does make sense, but it still is creepy. There's there's just they don't even talk. Our, our guys. I mean, they obviously talk to us, but they don't talk to each other. They don't need to. There is a there is a sense of just knowing,
1: but it's interesting though when you I mean when you they have twins each other the,
0: like raptors, like raptors,
1: <laughs> yeah. <Or> not stegosauruses. <laughs> you got to be the alpha. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's uh, but it's it's I'm I'm curious what the experience for twins of the same gender are versus when the when it's two when it's the, when they're different. You know when there's mm. a, when there's a gender line between them. Well, when they're different, they just have they have rings, and then they activate. <laughs> one high. of my favorite one of my favorite things and, form of and, water and,
0: and, and is is you know one of our kids is, is dark and the other one's blonde and uh, and one of my and they do not look like, look alike at all and one of you know when they were like in the pram in the stroller you know people going oh my god they're beautiful and are going thank you and uh, are they twins. And, it, and she'd go, yeah, are they identical? And, and she'd go, mm, no, no, they're not identical. But, but they're born at the same time, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Um, so they're not identical. And, and I would go, well, there's always the penis and vagina issue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then people still go, yeah, no. I know, but are they identical? <laughs> you can
1: see that they're not identical. <laughs> yeah. Use your eyes. I love it. They're fraternal twins. Yeah. That's not amazing. That's so great. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, that having to having to answer questions their entire lives. I mean that that right there was one of you adopted no we're no. just the same it's just
0: kind of how it do works. you feel things that he feels <laughs> <laughs> did she know how soon into the pregnancy did she know these are going to be twins? Did they tell you they we uh, there's a cool story actually about that um my oldest oldest friend uh who i grew up with um is a bit of a medium uh that's that's a, Q like a for Long for psychic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Q, for a gag. Q for a <laughs> gag. So I turned to you then. It's a Q for a small or a
1: large gag. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, and and but he, he is. And, he, and, and and what's interesting about him is that he's he's a very you know, we're from he's very normal sort of working class dude who, you know, left school having got brilliant qualifications and became a hod carrier. You know, which is somebody who carries bricks, you know, for a bricklayer. Mm-hmm. And he could have gone to university and he just chose to become a hod carrier. And then he sort of drove a forklift truck. And so that's just giving you an idea of who he is. Sure. And, and, uh, and I went off and did something completely different, but he's still my best mate. And uh, so the last person that you would expect to turn around and become somebody who would predict shit, you know? <laughs> just not, not the average kind of guy that you would think that would do that. You know, he doesn't wear a scarf and have earrings or or a crystal ball or anything. And uh, but over the years, I've sort of just come to rely on him at certain points. And um, we, the day that um, we'd found out we were pregnant, he, I'd, Anna, who didn't believe it at all to begin with about Alan, um, we woke up in the morning and she said, uh, she said, I'm surprised you haven't heard from Alan. And. Because we hadn't told a soul. And, and I said, actually, I think he's texted. Hang on. Because when I'd woken up, I'd seen that he'd texted. I hadn't looked at it. And I got the phone open and I, I looked at it. And uh, he said, I don't know if this is going to help you, Smoothie. He calls me Smoothie. I don't know if this is going to help you, Smoothie. But um, I had a dream about you and Anna on a beach with a little boy and girl running towards you. Uh, take it easy. See you at the football. you know. <laughs> and, uh, and I swear to God. And, and we kind of went, oh. And, uh, you know, cut to about two hours later, um, her OBGYN calls up and says, I need to talk to you because there's, the blood pressure, ratio kind of thing is really, really high. I'd like you to come back in again. We went back in again. He said, there's another one in there. Ugh. And Anna said, yeah, I know. And he said, do you want to know what they were? Because she was about five or six weeks or He said, do you want to know what they are? And she said, we know. And uh, so he, did, he sort of did the, you know, the, the thing with the ultrasound. I said it's a boy and a girl, and she said, "Yeah, we know." Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, and and I and I swear to God, it's it's a it's a it's a really odd thing because I I grew up totally non believer, just like live for the now, right? And uh, and he was the one who sort of changed all that. That's crazy! And that's a show too—a bricklaying medium, a guy, yeah. who, a guy who has that
1: accent. He kills everybody, and then he like <laughs> and then he puts a brick wall up.
0: He can wall them up. It's fantastic!
1: <laughs> oh my god, you just reminded me of ah, uh, I don't I. I just read an article this morning. There was an article at the top of Reddit today about this guy named H. H. Holmes who was one of the most prolific – that, that sounds like a compliment, but he's one of the most prolific serial killers of the 19th century. Right. And he basically built this murder – Hotel, wow. Where people – he bought this drugstore. He worked at a drugstore and he bought it and it was this building in Chicago and he had rigged up different rooms with different methods for killing guests. It was a hostel. And so people Whoa. would come in. There was one room that had a gas line in it. There were these other – and it was relatively innovative. There were other rooms where people would could get hanged or cut and he would <laughs> – Innovate. He would basically – How do i
0: like room four, please. I'd like to hang. <laughs> no, I
1: think Can I you're have more a hanging a, today? No, I think you're more of a crushed by bricks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and he would, uh, he would skin the bodies and sell the skeletons to science. Whoa. And he killed so many people. It was like, oh yeah, there was a time when things were just not traceable. Cause he didn't get yeah. caught for yeah. a really long time. Yeah,
0: But have you guys seen Sicario? No. Oh, How is it? There's a, there's a, there's that, that, that moment happens in Sicario. You liked it. You liked it. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty right. good. What are you watching? What else are you watching? Uh, Narcos. Mm-hmm. Um, bloodline Yep. Um, um what else we i really like getting on on hbr mm, yep. i've already mentioned it. it i think it's hilarious and uh i'm looking forward to that because the third season's about to come up um we've been away so a lot of the things that are on american tv at the moment uh, you can't get you know british sure. tv um what else have we been watching um well, I'm really jet-lagged, so we watched Straight of Compton at about 3 o'clock this morning. Oh, nice! Yeah, the 3 o'clock this morning, that was, that was my... When did you get back? I got back on Sunday night. Oh, so you're still... Oh, we're yeah, in yeah, that yeah. kind of waking up at 2 o'clock going, uh...
1: Hi! How are you doing? <laughs> Want to go for a run? Yeah! Because we're up! <laughs> Want to be exhausted at 4 p.m.?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and espresso seems like a really great idea. It oh, helps for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the travel. So are you going back or are you here for No, I'm here her? now. Here now, finished. Oh, Shows good. Them. Yeah. Good,
1: good, good. You're de- done. You yeah, know? so
0: part two, you know, I can come back tomorrow. I can come back. I can come back every day.
1: Every single day. Yeah. you ever think maybe like, uh, you just want to do like a simple comedy with no elaborate costumes and no murders and no... You right? know,
0: it's becoming more and more attractive the more I think about it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the chance... It, we had an an incredible time in Wales. It's... It, it, the whole family were together. I took with dogs... To, to Wales as well and and we had this little cottage in a beautiful little village and it was completely idyllic so if, if we're lucky enough to get a pick up I'll be very happy to go back there again. Oh that's cool.
1: What do you guys do when you're off time? Is it you're just focusing on the kids or do you go on road trips or what do you, what um, do you like to do?
0: We've, we've got a little house in the country which is which is my sort of dream place and Anna's actually but um, we've got a production company as you probably know yeah. so we're developing um, a whole bunch of stuff we've got We've got films, TV dramas, um a documentary, uh we've got you know, so we've got some really interesting stuff that's kind of all bubbling around. I've got something with Dennis O'Hare who's you guys probably know he was yeah. Russell Edgington and he's in American Horror Story playing Elizabeth Taylor as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and he's written a script that I'm gonna be directing next year, which is a film. And um That sounds cool. Yeah, so there's 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 a whole bunch of kind of and pieces. Isn't it
1: great that we we're sort of in this period where you don't just have to be a performer that you can you can be a producer you can be a writer you can direct you can do a
0: million different things. I feel like I feel like it's easier here than it is. I think it's easier now than it was, but at, at home in England, you they everybody really you, they really like to pigeonhole you. And I do think it's changing, you know. So if you're an actor, you're an actor. If you if you decide to write something or you decide to direct something, it's all like, oh, who does she think she is, you know? <laughs> and 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 now it's becoming more and more sort of acceptable. I'm spitting to, to, up feathers. Uh, yeah, I'm spitting feathers. Um, and I remember being in 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 France doing ADR on a on a film that I'd done, and uh, one of the people in the film had told. You know the, the the guys in the studio that I was that I'd started out in musicals, and they said, "Oh, we should record an album. Let's make an album." And and I said, "What? And they, let's let's get some musicians. We make an album." And they were totally serious. And what I love about that idea in in sort of French culture is that if you are an artist, whether it be a painter, or whether it be a comedian, or whether it be a singer, because you are an artist. The word artist means you can do anything. Sure. And it's totally acceptable. What would your album be if you were going to record an album? Um, Bricked Up Corpses. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell a story of each person in song. Like a song cycle. (laughs) That would be amazing.
1: Right? Like those old song poems? Oh, it's perfect. Just be like the new Sweeney Todd. It'd be great. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, Yeah, if if you get a chance, H.H. Holmes. It's a fascinating I'm going to look it up. It's so fascinating because... He was like, "How the fuck did he get away with this for so long?" He was like, "All these people are yeah. just disappearing, and no one—they couldn't make the DNA evidence stick." No, they it couldn't. Was, uh, the, it was during the Chicago World's Fair, so people were coming
0: and going all along. Oh, oh, I've heard about that. that amazing
1: book, *The Devil in the White City*. Yes. About, if you have read that, do go get that book right now. I have got tons of time. I'm going to go read that book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all read it now on on radio. <laughs> Page one. Uh, yes. Well, we did that for for my show at midnight. We our crew, team read Moby Dick, start to finish, on Periscope. It took twenty nine hours.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, and people people would come in in shifts. Like random people would swing in and read for like twenty minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, that's
0: fantastic.
1: Cover to cover, Moby Dick. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was, it was fun. And three people watched all 29 hours. There were three people in the world who watched all 29 hours. That's incredible. And we gave them, we gave them awards and accolades. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so straight. I mean, that's art, baby. It's art. Come on. It's like, it's like the the Andy Kaufman, uh, yeah. you know, thing. But are you, are you guys active? Are you on social media at all? We uh,
0: are, we joined um about a year ago, I guess. Maybe a little bit longer than that now. We we do that now, you know. I, I I'm still sort of alien to it, truthfully. I, I I sort of dip in and go, oh, that's what's happening, and then I dip back out again. And then next time I go on, like the, there's fans going, he was here, he was here. Did you see him? Did you see him? He was here. Oh my god! And and I and then I'm so I'm always sort of reacting to what happened before. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand. I think the very first time that I turned it on, I was so overwhelmed by the. By the, so-and-so is following you, so-and-so is following you, so and following you. And I'd given my, like, normal email address. Right. And it just was – so I just turned all notifications off. That's wise. And 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 now it's a little bit more. Kind of, <laughs> it's a little more manageable. Dope. Well, your kids, they're only – they must be, what, three or four? Three, yeah. yeah, three.
1: I, I'd say within a year or so, they're going to start –
0: Oh, they're all over it, and my—I've got older kids as well, and you know we're surrounded by it. I—I I, I love it, but I—I I, I think it, uh, my problem is that I'm a total addict. So I'm playing this game called Twenty Forty Eight at the moment, that has is just completely taken my life over. Is that so. like threes? Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and it it took my life over. So I I have to—I just can't do it. If I spend any time doing that, I don't do anything else. <laughs> For how and long? And that's the same with Twitter and Instagram. And it's you know I love photography, but I. But if I, you know, the cool thing with Instagram is, like, if you find somebody, a photographer that you like, and then look who, look who they follow. Right. So then suddenly you're down this rabbit hole of cool street photography or whatever it is. And then your kids haven't eaten in three days. What <laughs> kids? You know, that's like the kids have disappeared completely. He looks really thin. Who? I don't. <laughs> Look at these pictures. <laughs> Daddy's busy. Yes, I, it's like, it's amazing, isn't it? I, it's really hard once you sort of go down it because it's it's just endless. Well,
1: it does play into the innate need we as humans have to distract ourselves from things. Yes, and it when you go somewhere where it's not as readily available, it takes a couple of days to shake it off. But when you do, then you go, "Oh, this was this isn't so bad. Ah, oh, this feels." Oh, this is what it. This is what pioneers felt like, even though it not really. This is what pioneers. You know, look, felt I like. just walked to the store, yeah. Oh, and I didn't photograph it. Right, exactly. It's like, <laughs> our, I feel like Scott of the Antarctic. <laughs> our version. <laughs> our version of pioneers is like, I went to Whole Foods, <laughs> yeah. and I bought tomatoes, and like, I didn't take a photograph of one tomato. I know you'd have to grow your own food and contend with the weather and invaders, <laughs> but uh, well, I think as like a pioneer, well. you're the invader. You are the invader. Yeah, in a way, you are. You
0: are you're a little social conscience there for yeah, you you are the
1: parasite <laughs> well you don't know this take ain't that. our country take that america <laughs> but uh but then you immediately get back and then you're just you just get sucked right back in immediately it's just scroll, scroll 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 yeah
0: it's so bad don't ever a friend of mine's got a really great idea for an app which is it's called doctor no doctor <laughs> you take a picture of if like if you get a scratch or if you hurt yourself you take a picture of it and you put it up and then you, you ask is doctor or no doctor and people come back and you know it's like literally swipe left for doctor swipe right for no doctor and after about an hour you work out whether you need to go to the doctor or not. <laughs> by the way if you feel dizzy you in, died that time, in that time yeah. the,
1: yeah. the app hasn't told me what to do exactly uh, I think there is I think there are apps where you can chat with a doctor and send them pictures I'm sure of, there is have you seen
0: sit or squat no sit or squat's great it's 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 an app of every single toilet in america so that when you're when you're in a you know like you're going on a, on a on a freeway and you're yeah. dying to go to the toilet you go to sit or squat and, and and it it works like a like a google map and it will tell you every single toilet's rated and there's a picture of each toilet <laughs> <laughs> there's
1: a so Google So there's dumps. a photograph
0: of the toilet and how dirty it is, and it's rated on on the filth factor, which is why it's called Sit or Squat. That
1: is fantastic. Genius, right?
0: What if they could take the picture on a bad day? Yeah. Uh, what if they... Yeah, after the guy, you know, hasn't filled in his thing on the side of the door saying, I was here. He hasn't He hasn't done his check, so it just looks like a car crash. And yeah.
1: uh, and maybe... You don't know. You don't know. What, yeah. what if the quality control on Sit or Squat is? I, that's a now good I gotta, idea. Now i got to download that as
0: soon as I'm done talking. I've got to download it.
1: <laughs> I do not like... I'm not a good public restroomer. I'm not a good public
0: restroomer. Can you not do it at home? Do you have to do it at home?
1: I, well... The sitting aspect of it? Yes, yes. And my fiance preferably is not...
0: Your imaginary fiance.
1: <laughs> Shut up, she's real. She's just in Canada, okay? Uh, <laughs> she preferably is not in the... As a matter of fact, oh man, we were in a hotel last week and... Uh, Nature had a plan, yeah, that I was had to deal with. You had your little <laughs> chaos theory. Uh, <laughs> nature, nature finds a way. Nature finds a way. Uh, nature was about to find a way, mm-hmm. and I was tr- so nonchalantly like. We we're gonna to go to breakfast. I was like, "Oh, you—you you know, you go down. I'm gonna catch yeah. up." And then I just saw the—I uh, just saw the realization wash across her face, which she thought was really funny. And then it was like, "Oh, are you gonna poop?" They like, stop it. Don't <laughs> say that to me. Just go, please. Don't turn this into a thing, please. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very embarrassing. Yeah, very embarrassing.
0: But you have to get over that when you're married, yep. I
1: assume, because you,
0: you know, especially when you have kids pooping. No, on. I think I think there's certain, you know, I, I famously. <sighs> You get asked such stupid questions when you've just had babies, and and you know. So <laughs> I like changing a baby. diaper? <laughs> you know, and and really around Sometimes I say things that are that are slightly inappropriate just of to course. get the get the conversation sort of you changed. To. And I went, I love poo. It's all good, <laughs> and so you know. Whenever whenever one of our kids Needs a, a diaper change Anna is always You love poo <laughs> It says in People magazine So you can change The oh, fucking yeah, thing I being sarcastic Yeah I, That meant you love <laughs> poo No you love poo But I think there's Certain aspects of, of Relationships that, that You know That that stay apart I think that's good Yeah I think that's good. I have a friend who's born. I don't make a change my diapers, if, if it's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> you need to change your own diapers. Yeah. Any grown man needs to change his own diapers. That's how it is. Mom. Mom. <laughs> I call my mom in England to get her to fly over and do it. <laughs> I've seen those. There was a really weird fetish show on, it was a, It was like a real sex on HBO. I don't know if they're still doing those, but. Sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We always watched real sex thinking like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, real sex is not – I don't want to see that. Uh, Because there was basically always just like hippies in the woods trying to make each other have orgasms through telepathy. And you're like, all right, well, that's (laughs) not. German swingers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was one and it was this old German woman had found this German guy in his mid-40s to basically – it was infantilism. like uh, To – he basically pretended to be a baby yep. And she took care of this old yep. German woman yep. and I, But what they never explained Which I think was the most important question Was how the fuck did these people find each other Because this was in the 90s So it wasn't like yeah. It wasn't just an internet that they could go find each other sure, A lot of notice bad. boards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Outside retirement homes <laughs> And she would change his diapers And he would cry And she would Yeah, And there was something so
0: That's kind of like my marriage <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just lie there and cry until she sorts it out. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll, okay. It's the last time, Stevie. The last come time. Come on. Come on now. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we? What have we said? I don't know. <laughs> but what are you? Uh, what is your favorite part about being a dad? What do you? What do you? What do you look forward to the most with your kids? Um,
0: I don't know. They're, uh, they're so funny. It's. it's there's nothing funnier than your own kids. It's not funny. It may not be funny to anyone else, but there's just so those it's beautiful moments where they do something that is new to them, new to you. You know, it's, 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 it's finding, I don't know, elements of what, of yourself from when you were young, I suppose. Right. That they re represent and, and show you again. And just that kind of, joy in life and, and, and hope for the future seeing, so on, so yeah, and seeing flowers for the first time. And that kind of thing is just, it's, it's extraordinary. And, you know, I, you, every, to every and, and I'm sure that, you know, those of you who've got kids will know this, but every, every time you say, Oh, I love that age, you know, the next one's just as great. And my 15 year old played a lick for me on, on the, on the guitar the other day that, that, that blew my mind because it was, it was lightning Hopkins who, who I adore, and who he now loves because I sort of played it to him. And, and he played Stall Pigeon Blues for me. And I was, because it's hard, man. It's hard. I couldn't play it. And he, and he played it and he learned it because he knows that I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Unbelievable, right? And you, and you kind of, it, it takes you back a bit. It takes you back because there's, there's elements in it that you'd never expected. And it's, I think it's the surprises that I, I made you. Yeah. What Hitler's parents felt
1: too, (laughs) surprises. All surprises. He was a huge Lightning Hopkins (laughs) fan. A little known fact. (laughs) But he would just paint bad paintings of Lightning Hopkins. Yeah, got kicked out of art school. Yeah, whole thing. (laughs) My favorite thing about the whole uh, "Would you kill baby Hitler?" thing that New York Times was it? New York Times Magazine was that who it was. A couple weeks ago, New York—I think it was New York Times. Let's say it's New York Times magazine. They posted a poll on Twitter: Would you kill Baby Hitler? Would you, if you had the opportunity, would you go back and kill Baby Hitler? It was huge. It trended for days. But you wouldn't know it was Baby Hitler, would you? Well, if you if you knew with your knowledge, say, I think that the, the, you're supposing that you know who Baby Hitler is. You can go back in time. You have the opportunity. And one person had the most perfect answer, where they just said. Uh, I would kidnap him and raise him in a loving environment. Like, why was, <laughs> why was <he> murdering? <laughs> like, uh, maybe we just change his environment and yeah. show him a different life? And <laughs> why do we have to fucking murder him? <laughs> Such a strange, such a strange thing. That'll be your next fascination is polls on Twitter. You can create polls where people vote yes or no. I did one for uh, which show has the greater sexual tension, Property Brothers or American Pickers. (laughs) That's really, really good. And I had 2,000 votes. And it was 51% to 49% for Property Brothers. For Property Brothers. Wow. Jonathan and Drew were supposed to be on the podcast a couple days ago. And then I had to work and they couldn't come on. I get a bit bit
0: horny watching American Pickers. Because.
1: I mean Frank and Mike really seem like <laughs> Dude, there's something going on. There
0: is. The way they they, they smile at each other in the in the yep. truck. And in a van. When I Frank know. finds an oil can. When Frank finds an oil can, <laughs> it's like, oh my god, we're gonna have to shoot that again, I just came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the only only poll I ran.
1: <laughs> My first poll was today. It was, should I use the poll function on Twitter? Oh, and then it could have been more clever. 63% <laughs> said yes. Oh, hang on, hang on. Is there something that I've missed? There yeah, is a poll. A fun- f- if you're verified on Twitter, you can run polls. Essentially, you can just uh, oh, put up on You can God. A create poll. choices you yeah, create two what, what the two choices are and oh. people can vote and then yep. you can see what the stats are yep. oh my god yeah. it's it is you'll get addicted you'll get addicted to that shall I go down the rabbit hole yes or no <laughs> yes or no yes yeah. most people will say yes yes um well I, you've been delightful times a million this was so we're, we're already where we are we at more of an hour have we yes and I didn't even know we started <laughs> no brilliant okay we're gonna start now okay <laughs> bastard executioner tell me
0: about Kurt Sutter <laughs> <laughs> but it's so Badge Executioner is on... Mm. Tuesday night's 10 o'clock. Yeah. Um, I don't know when this goes out, but this evening is episode eight. <coughs> um, and uh, the episode 10, which is our finale, has the most extraordinary battle sequence that um, I think anybody's been lucky enough to shoot. And, uh, you know, you know it's, it's like a dream when you're... When I grew up, all I wanted to do was sort of, you know, be a cowboy and ride horses and shoot, you know... Native Americans. And, uh, As you do. You know, no, I didn't. I, I actually, Tonto was my hero, just to clear that up. Um, but I, Johnny Depp's but, Tonto, it's weird. Yeah, I just weird. had this uh, foreshadowing didn't of what it was going to be until. like. I was so excited. I couldn't Fuck that armed
1: hammer, I'm into Tonto.
0: I, I couldn't wait to see that museum sequence where he does that mime. <laughs> uh, and um, And so, you know... When you, as an actor, get a chance to do those things where you're sort of riding a horse on a, on a beach and you're fighting with swords and doing all of that stuff and, and people are falling over and, you know, it, that's when I kind of go, this is what I do for a living. Yeah. Um, and episode 10, the finale, has a great bunch of that and it's really cool. It is
1: so incredible to see where television has gone. Yeah. To the to the the depths at which I mean it's,
0: it's I mean film. even every, even every
1: weeks a movie
0: even just to to you know just it, just to be boring and technical for a little minute, even to this st- the the stage of we had drone a drone on that shoot and, um,
1: well that's not period correct I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's how they won the
0: that's how they won that's the, how the Welsh won the yeah. revolution yeah, yeah. 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 Um, they so that we were shooting on this section of sand where there was some like a sort of natural lake. And so the drone goes up and over the lake and there's thousands and thousands of pounds worth of equipment and it's hovering above the lake, literally a a foot off of the lake. And there's this sequence, which I won't spoil, but there's the sequence with the horses and a charge and, you know, a battle. And suddenly this, this thing swoops up and starts flying towards the horses. And, these are stunt horses and, and and then just flies above them and the camera sort of turns upside down and you're like you couldn't do that you couldn't do that on a 150 million Scorsese shoot with no. 10 years ago so there's these kind of things that you can you can do now which are just sort of constantly breaking what what it is that we do and love and it's amazing to watch
1: well as a as a director too it's an exciting time because of the technological advancements, but also at the same time, you know, I almost feel like sometimes more choices isn't always better.
0: That is true. But if you look at something like Breaking Bad, where, where they kind of, they had these small cameras for the first time, we were shooting on film on True Blood. So we shot on film for the, for for the whole time up until the last season. And, and so you're, you're, you're still carrying around, you know, 400 feet of film when you're doing, when you're doing handheld which obviously for for the camera operator means that he's slightly encumbered by it. Whereas now, you know, we were using this thing called the Red Dragon. You'll probably know what a red camera is. The Red Dragon is like 65K. So, so the amount of image that is in one thousandth of a frame is more than is in, you know, a, a one piece of film. So you can do stuff that is extraordinary and it's this big. And so on Breaking Bad, they were doing things that had never been done before, like shoot, running, running and going between, you know, shooting from weird angles just because they can hold the camera up and do it. So, yes, you don't need that stuff to tell a great story, but you can sometimes it can it can move the drama along in a way that is, you know, fascinating and something that we've never seen before. And I love the idea of that. That's it. So and what, have you made the official announcement to what the thing is that you're directing next, next year? Um, I mean, it's out there a little bit. Um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's uh, it's about an event that happened in in Dennis's life uh, about five years ago. And, and Dennis and I were working on a number of ideas and projects. And he's he's a wonderful writer. and, and But truthfully, I'd wanted to work with him. I knew that I wanted to direct him in my first feature. Mm -hmm. I was directing him in season five of true blood, just watching him. And he's, he's miraculous. And, you know, he brings everybody's game up in whatever job he's doing. He kind of brings the level up to a sort of different strata. And, um, and this event happened in his life and we were working on something else. And he told me the story of this event. And I kind of went, I think that's the film. And, six weeks later he sent me a script and it was on my doorstep and we've been working on it ever since
1: he's such a spectacular actor too that guy just there's no he really does everything he really does every type of role there's no one thing that well i mean american
0: horror story is a great example of what have of dennis's range you know he he, at the moment he's playing elizabeth taylor right and and just jumps in you know feet first and you know I, i love him he's amazing that's fantastic
1: well it's really good to see you and uh you know not one time did i awkwardly ask you to summon up bill compton's accent which i was you know it was hard not to repeat it running around the house okay like it's so hard not to do it
0: <laughs> yeah and and, and it's a, it's a, i love i love the southern accent and the sort of layers within it and i uh, there's there's one story that i'll tell what the 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 very very first time we were down in in louisiana and i and i i hadn't i'd I'd got it i would shot the pilot before we did the exteriors for the pilot and um before it got picked up and then we all went down to louisiana to shoot the shoot shoot them and i'd i'd already done some work on it and what i wanted it to sound like and anna and i uh and a couple of the other actors were having lunch at at the hilton in shreveport and and i was sitting sort of watching these guys behind the counter, the food counter, where we were the only people in there. And then this bus turned up. And we saw this bus turn up in the driveway of the Hilton and like 50 people come out. And this is mime, so it's not going to play very well on podcast. <laughs> but, but, but basically, this this guy's like looking at this magazine really slowly, licking his finger. And he does the slowest double take I've ever seen. He He sort of senses something going on over there. And he looks over... He sees 50 people getting off the bus. He turns back to the page and then goes... (laughs) <laughs> and the speed with which it happened which was uh, 30 seconds was was so amazing and then and that's where you realize that this kind of there's no hurry no so so what it means is that when you're doing an accent like that you can just luxuriate in the joy of every word you know you draw and, that, it out. and it's it's kind of incredible to
1: sort of have that yeah the brits are good at the southern accents mm. a lot of a lot of the brits come over and they
0: uh, they they tackle the southern accent beautifully i feel like there are other i'm i'm sensing that it's going to go that that they don't they don't do some of the other ones very well
1: no no they're just you know it's i think in as much as the american ear can only hear so much you know you know with the regionalism in, Yes. You, you know what's what i think most americans hear you know irish scottish and then this generalized yeah. English accent, which is yeah. probably closest to like a London accent.
0: Yeah, or a, that's, true. that's or, true. Or
1: or or, or a pashi kind of a. Yeah. Oh, yes, I'm evil. You can know? you
0: tell the difference though? I mean, I'm really interested to know. Can you t- t- tell the difference between somebody who you know who speaks very well like that, and then somebody who talks like that? Totally. You can not because yes. some people can't. Yeah. Some right. people yeah. don't hear it. Right, and you know the difference, and that's like obviously a very extreme version of, uh, of like. Just gotta kind
1: of show them a Guy Ritchie movie, and like here yeah. are the various yes. flavors yes. of what you're going to see here. Yeah, but when you start getting really granular in terms of, you know, you can probably hear oh, a person from this part of London sounds a bit different than a person
0: from. This and place. it really is like Pygmalion, I, and like, I think like, we wouldn't be able my able to fair lady. That. You can literally do it road by road. Yeah, and a, and a friend of mine was saying the other day that they can't. That they, uh, a Hispanic friend who can't watch Narcos because all the accents are wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah, because they're wrong. It's a Colombian playing a Mexican guy. Oh wow. Yeah, and, they, and, 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 they, and they, it just doesn't sound right. It's it's wrong. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah that would drive. Plus, you, but, they'd probably be speaking Spanish.
1: Well, they are. What? Yeah, <laughs> no.
0: you just showed yourself up.
1: What? <laughs> That's it, not right. Some of some of the accents that I think are a little bit, you know, there's like. uh you know Michigan Wisconsin you know Michigan's different than Wisconsin which is a little bit different than Chicago which is you know then there's a general midwest accent
0: it's so much easier when you actually have a specific place right because the generic american accent that 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 is the sort of homogenized american accent unless unless the character has got something to pin something on the character it's really hard to make that sound anything. Well, yeah, because
1: I think now the general American accent is a real dipshit sounding like, oh my gosh, I mean, I talk like this and everything's (laughs) upspeak? Like, when I hear... When I hear people from
0: Australia, but are that's they, a character. Yes. So So, I, so that's something to to, to to hang your thing on because right immediately I can just start doing that, you know. <laughs> and we're ordering Chilean sea bass. and 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 so don't get any on your yoga pants. Yeah. An arugula. <laughs> yeah, it's the Arugula always it just helps cleans me get you there. out. It
1: totally just cleans yeah. you out. It is the best. It flushes my pipes. <laughs> Do you want some juice? We'll get some juice. <laughs> we'll go on a juice. We'll get on a juice. My cleanse. lawyer's a juice. What? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Oh. No, a Jew. Not that. Dif- Different type you of cleanse. You want to get some Jews, right? Different type of cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Why do those jokes always crack you up? <laughs> I know you're a Jew. This is really funny. All right, good. We did it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excellent. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Stephen Moyer. Open the can. Or Stephen Moyer. Did they say moye in French? No, no, okay, All right. I'm <laughs> uh, backing away slowly. <laughs> yeah. Seems I've done the equivalent of drifting into an Indian accent. <laughs> <laughs> i backing away slowly. <laughs> I thank
0: you. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.